It is celebration time for the Perth Scorchers because the captain, the first overseas captain to lead their team to a win and is the first win in the WBBL for the Perth Scorchers. They finished on top. Sandu on a hat-trick, knocks him over. He does have another hat-trick in the Marsh Cup. Back-to-back hat-tricks, three years apart for this man in the 50-over game. And Queensland are ripping right through South Australia. A very warm welcome to the Cricket Library Weekly. My name is Matt Ellis and joining me as always, Robbie McKinlay. Welcome to the show. Good evening, Matt. And uh, you yeah, sort of caught me on the hop a bit. This has uh, been a very <laughs> short break since our last one. We've been known to extend the week, but very rarely do we cut in under it. But always to be back and uh, chatting with our lot and just talking cricket and our loyal listeners out there to hear our thoughts and ramblings and see if we can uh, just make some bold predictions that go horribly wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I, I'm claiming that I've got 50% of my prediction correct. I, I predicted that yeah. wh- whoever won this season's WBBL will go back-to-back. So the Scorchers have got the first half of that for me. Uh, we just need to wait till next year to see if they can get the back-to-back job done. And... They certainly, they certainly have done a good job this season. Uh, a wonderful performance from the Scorchers. We'll get to that in a minute, just so people know what is coming up. We'll, we'll wrap up the WBBL. We'll also have a look at the Marsh One Day Cup. Great to see Gorinda Sandu taking a hat-trick over the weekend there and some brilliant batting displays in that Marsh One Day Cup over the weekend as well. And, Robbie, I, I'm just prepping you for this. I have mm. I have made my debut on Fact or Fiction, and my oh, I heard you were on the list. Yeah, yeah. So my my initial feelings are wonderful experience. Really enjoyed having the opportunity. But I, I'd love some listener feedback when we get to the segment. I I just feel Matt Fiction may have shortchanged me a little bit. Um, oh, probably. Matt. Well, it's going. I'm going to sound like someone with sour grapes here, and I I don't want it to be that way. You but, are, but but later on, when when you have a listen to that, I really would appreciate some honest feedback as to as to the views of others as to how that actually sounded. Because okay, my my I I feel like I stayed calm when I was speaking to him, but I I still feel uh, a little bit uneasy about the outcome there. So. We'll get to that a little bit later on, but let's let's talk to talk about positive matters, Robbie. The the Perth Scorchers list, lifting the Weber WBBL07 trophy, uh, a wonderful final, hotly contested, and in the end, only twelve runs separating the two teams on the night. Robbie, what what were your takeaways from the WBBL decider? Yeah, really good game of cricket. I thought it was a really authentic. Um, grand final. It's just a good one where it's not too much was given away. Runs were hard to earn, you know. I thought the bowling both sides was really good. The captaincy both sides, excellent fielding. So it was a really tough game. And, and when you get contests like that, Matt, I, I think sometimes you got to look at, okay, where was this game won or lost? And I've got no doubt that the Scorchers bowlers, uh, their first six overs, they were able to restrict the Adelaide strikers to two for 16 after 16 overs. Sorry, after six overs, mm. two for 16. They, I think it was after four overs, there were 12, one for 12. And then Sophie Devine brought herself on, bowled a maiden over and took a wicket. Took the wicket of Katie Mack. And then um, before that, uh, Alana King had bowled an oval, had bowled an over. Uh, Matazan Cap had bowled two overs to Neil Peschel one. So it was just brilliant captaincy, mixing it up. Um, yeah, so the first five overs had four different bowlers. And then if you look back at the first part of the Scorchers innings, I'm not saying the strikers bowled bad at, at all. Because I thought Megan shoot the game was outstanding, one for 19 or four. But they did get away. Their opening partnership was 52 mm. from um, Sophie Devine and, of course, Beth Mooney. 
a divine 35 or 33. Mooney, 19 or 25. But if you look at that, Matt, I think when that first wicket fell, it just near the end of the eighth over, they had 52 runs on the board. Mm. And I think so those comparisons were quite significant there. So I just thought in a tight game of cricket, they, the strikers were always chasing the innings. They always seemed to be 15 or 20 runs behind. And despite some really good efforts there at the end, um, you know, uh, Maddie Penner too, she was just almost about to explode with 30 not out of 21 balls. Um, and, and of course, Tali McGrath, who I think has been just one of the players of the, of the season so far in, in the women's game, she had 36 or 29. Just a good all-round bowling performance from the Scorchers. Maddie, I don't think anyone really, you know, jumped up at you. Um, I just thought they all contributed really well. You know, probably like Janelle Peschel, two for 23, a bit underrated. Cap, one for 25. King, done for 24. Divine, one for 23. Just, it, there's just rhythm to that whole innings. And I, I thought uh, the, the captaincy of Sophie Divine was just outstanding. Gosh, she's a good cricketer. And, but yeah, congratulations to Scorchers, their first ever title. But I, like I said, I thought it was a fitting final. Two really good teams went at it. And uh, yeah, congratulations to the Scorchers, 12 run victors. Yeah, absolutely, Robbie. And uh, Heather Graham as well with the ball. She chimed in in a n- yeah. n- number of instances throughout the season. High-quality all-round cricketer. Plays her WNCL cricket down at Tasmania, but a, a, a Perth girl and doing a great job in the decider. Great great to see her have some success. The big wicket of Laura Wolvart for her as well uh, shifted the pendulum even further in the direction of the Scorchers. Marazan Cap, player of the match, after apparently being unwell uh, for a few days in the lead-in to the game as well. Mm. So she's she's done tremendously well uh, playing as the overseas player and, and in the big moments, in the big stage, doing doing a great job for them. So now, Robbie, it's WBBL's finished. We'll turn our attention to WNCL for a lot of these players coming up soon. And, of course, this weekend, the men's big bash getting underway. So yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll have a look at some of that coming up uh, in just a moment. We'll we'll talk Marsh Cup and then I think uh, we'll get into some Big Bash. So stay with us right here on the Cricket Library Weekly. Hey, everyone. This is Scott Flash Norton here. Hey, guys. Rachel Priest here. Hi, this is Renee Farrell, and you are listening to the Cricket Library Weekly with Robbie McKinlay and Matty Ellis. And it's just too sweet. We are back on the Cricket Library Weekly and Marsh One Day Cup, Robbie. How good is it? Well, it's a good way to kick off your weekend because it's on a Friday. And, uh, yeah, it just gets you in the mood, particularly if it's a day-nighter on the lights. But, yeah, what I've loved about it is the standard of the cricket. It's been fantastic. And how good Tasmania, another big run chase. They almost had to chase 300 and they got got there with, um, I think it was a couple of balls to spare. But, man, I'm just going to, I don't know if it's me of late, but Tasmania seemed to have the wood on WA of late. Well, that's that's a good point, Robbie. I noticed on Twitter, now we're, we're pretty good with, um, with keeping up with the latest on Twitter, and Rick Finlay, one of our favourite statisticians yeah. here at the Cricket Library, I'm happy to give a shout-out to Rick. I'm sure... I'm sure he won't mind us using his stat here and referencing it appropriately, but he put a tweet out saying, Tassie come up trumps against WA for the fourth time in four outings this season, thus emulating the the 2009-10 season when they did the same thing. Of the eight (laughs) matches won in these two seasons, Taz successfully chased targets in seven of them. So seven out of eight run chases for victory and... Ben McDermott, what a knock from him. We had his brother on the Cricket Library podcast, Alistair, uh, earlier this year. Wonderful young man, Alistair McDermott. And great to see Ben McDermott doing so well. One of the talking points here for me, Robbie. Yeah. Tim David. Yes. Four overs, two for 25. Playing for Tasmania against WA. The man that we normally used to seeing in the yellow shirt, and it stands out like a sore yeah. thumb on the on the Cricket Australia scorecard. It's still got Tim David in his yellow shirt, 
on the uh, yeah. Tasmanian bowling <laughs> yeah. card. That's a, that's a bit of a treat there. Uh, but he was key, I thought, Tim David. He, he finished off the knock with 36 not out off 23 balls for Tassie as well. Uses a Bradbury cricket bat, uh, same brand mm-hmm. that I do. I've hit nine sixes, not all with the Bradbury, but no, sorry to bring up those sixes again. Um Anyway, uh, some other good performances in this game. Another Bradbury user, Hilton Cartwright, 50 off 45. Uh, Sam Whiteman up the top, 79 off 65, doing a good job. Siddle wickets. Yes, good form. Tom Rogers wickets. Um, good stuff there. Sammy Rainbird still sending them down for Tassie as well. And Tassie in reply, it was the Ben McDermott show, 133 off 140 deliveries, eight boundaries, five sixes. That's a lot of sixes. And uh, Tim David, 55. Uh, not Tim David. Mac Wright, 55. Tim David, 36. Not yep. out of 23. Uh, a great performance for Tasmania in the run chase. Seven out of eight. Gee. Loving yeah, that stat. Fan- fancy you having that stat so handy. <laughs> unbelievable. Oh, Shock me. But, but Maddie, yesterday, I, I really enjoyed yesterday afternoon. I was moving a bit of furniture for um, family and friends mm. uh, yesterday for most of the day. And I said, I was glad just to get out the back and just put get on the recliner and watch a bit of March Cup. And uh, MT Renshaw, did he entertain? That was oh. a beautiful inning. And Clint, like, and for South Australia, look, or like I'll start with Renshaw, but Ren, Matty Renshaw, 156 not out, 15 fours, five boundaries. He, once he got to 100, he just, Accelerated, um, him and Jimmy Pearson put on. Just trying to work at that partnership. They, they came together in the scores two hundred and fifteen. They put on sixty. Yeah. Jimmy Pearson only got six of those. Yeah. <laughs> Where's Agar <laughs> copped a bit of tap? Gee, didn't he go the journey? But but Matt, this is where the game was lost. Don't worry about the Queensland run chase. It was fantastic. But but Henry Hunt, the boy from Grenfell. He made 61. Alex Curry got a very timely 100. Yeah. Probably more about that a bit later. They were cruising. They were at almost the halfway point of the inning before the first wicket fell. One for 159. Now, your great friend, Richie Benno, had a had a, a, a barometer. <laughs> he used to double. Yeah, when yeah. you got to 30 overs, yeah. you doubled the score. Well, guess what? Guess how much South Australia were after, well, after just under 30 overs. Their second wicket fell. It would have been about 180 around 20. there. They were 180. So in Richie Benno um, anticipation theory, tactical now, 360 to score, they got bowled out with 17 balls to spare in their innings, criminal, for 274. It was a, a disaster. But you know what? What about... Our boy Garinda Sanders, yes, the big G, big G, who's also who's also still got the Tasmanian shirt in the bowling <laughs> figures on the CA site, so we might be able to just it. But he got with, look. There's a bit of a Richie Benno theme about this too. Yeah, you always love a two for twenty-two. Garinda got four for forty-four, so he got a double two for twenty-two, <laughs> including hat trick. How good is that? And the hat trick he. I think there's only been nine hat-tricks in the history of Australian domestic one-day cricket, and Gorinda has yep. the, the two most recent, and I'm fairly certain <laughs> that, that it's it's actually back-to-back games. I think his last game I think for, it is. for Tasmania, because it was in yep. the final, I think he took that, yep. that other hat-trick. This is his first season with Queensland. He's come in, taken a hat-trick in his, <laughs> in his next game, so he is just a hat trick taking machine, Garinda Sandu. <laughs> um, he, the first two wickets, you know, the bit of a, the boys were going for a bit of a whack. You know, his ball skied near a couple of nice catches taken. Um, I think um, Benchill might have taken a, a nice one there as part of that. Um, I'm sorry, Lubbershane. But then um, the wicket he got the hat trick call for. Goodness me, he just went straight through. I think it was Nathan McAndrew. It was, yeah. And he just went straight. He went straight through him because McAndrew can hold the willow. But it was a yeah. nice in-swing in Yorker and uh, it was good night, Brisbane. And the big G, who's got a very nice um, clothing fashion line going at the moment. Yeah, humble um, humble streetwear. He celebrated. And yeah, he, it's, he celebrated in style. And he did the aeroplane, didn't he? That was, that was outstanding. Oh, he did. 
Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what, he, he, there hasn't been a lot of flights but in, in coming into um, <laughs> South Australia, but Big G, he had the flight going, didn't he? But, oh, great stuff. He landed. Back in Renshaw, brilliant innings. Oh, can, can we just pause on, on Big G? Just one last thing. Do you yeah. know? He, 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 yeah, so, so, so if Garinda Sandu has two ninths of the hat-tricks taken in the history of domestic one-day cricket in Australia, do you know what percentage mm-hmm. that is? Two out of 20, well, it'd be, um, it, it's just a fraction under 25%. It's actually 22.22. Gorinda Sandu, what a man. 22.22% of all hat-tricks taken in Australian domestic one-day cricket. And my word, he deservedly celebrated with an aeroplane. And hopefully he doesn't change that percentage anytime soon because 22.22% is the kind of percentage I'm looking for in a hat-trick taker. Well, Matt. If you take take a deep dive, yes, that's two times twenty-two. You said there's been nine occasions happened. Yeah, he bowled nine overs to get to get those <laughs> two, two twenty-two. <laughs> oh, we are just unearthing. Let's call the show off. That's it. Hey, we don't, well, we don't need. Uh, look, we haven't got any stats out of the Orange Office uh, tonight, um, but there, I think we've been able to provide a pretty good one there as well. Oh, we certainly have. Um, we certainly have. And Matt Renshaw, 156 not out. Uh, his last 50 coming off about 18 balls. Did we mention that? Oh. Something like that. Oh, anyway, he was just going going absolutely. Gosh, he hit the ball well. Yeah, hitting hitting the short ball behind square, then in front of square, then hitting down the ground. Uh, just just really good to see. And young Max Bryant, a player I, I've really enjoyed watching, came through the Australian yep. under-19s. Probably haven't seen the best of him at the Brisbane Heat. Great to see him get a chance in the middle order here for Queensland. 68 from 67. He ended up getting out to the short ball court uh, out on the, on the, the boundary by McSweeney. But uh, really positive signs there for Maxie Bryant and hopefully more runs for him to come yep. this summer. Renshaw was so, his batting was so good. South Australia had left Daniel Worrell to bowl last three overs out. He'd bowled seven overs, one for 37. He looked really good off. I thought he was a pick of the bowls. But such was the ferocity of Renshaw that Daniel Worrell only ended up on seven overs. And uh, that was the end of the story. But yeah, like I said, it was a 60-run unbeaten partnership for the fifth wicket. Jimmy Pearson, who we've got a lot of time for here, he scored six of them. But it was the Matt Renshaw show and I'll tell you what, Matty, he would be throwing his hand right up. I know he's got a lot of fans, Matt Renshaw, around the country. Yeah, he does. Particularly out of the Orange office. Huge, huge following out of the Orange Library. And Mm. um, just speaking of the Orange Library, there was just a little note that came through. We mentioned the most consecutive ducks. Well, not the most consecutive ducks. We mentioned Rachel Priest had 14 ducks. And we mentioned that AK Gardner had four ducks from her last four innings. But did yep. you did you get a note come through from Orange around four ducks in, in a row not actually being the record? There's, oh, there's, it, there's it a bit of an anomaly it, there. Yeah. So, in fact, Jodie Hicks, Sydney Sixers, and I don't like doing this because she's a good Riverina girl. She is, out yeah. Out of Hayes. But Jodie Hicks actually got four ducks in three off three deliveries. No, the only no place, way. Yes, yeah, she faced three, only faced three balls, but got herself four ducks. So you can oh. work it out, Matt. You can work it out that there was at least one of those was a diamond duck, which of course is run out without facing a ball. Oh, gee, so, so if that's, you think you're having a rough trot, um, just uh, think of um, Jody Hicks. That's a that's a discounted Audi right there. Four ducks from yeah, three yeah. deliveries. I. Yeah, oh, I'm pretty... speechless, but only it only uh, it doesn't surprise me that the Orange Library is unearthing that kind of data for us. No, it's good, and, and even when he's not uh, on on the books tonight, he just threw that one in just to let us have it available to use. And I must admit, I said I'll claim that one, Matt. I'm having that one. <laughs> uh, well, Robbie, Big Bash starts yes. this week, so let's let's take a quick break. Um, let's analyse the big bash uh like 
I've got got a few sound grabs from the press conference today. There's there's another press conference tomorrow that obviously we're not going to be having access to tonight because it's tomorrow. Uh, so we'll hear a little bit uh, from those and just give our views on some players we're looking forward to seeing in the KFC Big Bash. And then yeah. uh, we'll finish off. I'm actually thinking about not putting fact or fiction to air, but I think for the sake of transparency, we will air it. Um, but we'll do that after the Big Bash. Is that okay? Yeah, because Matt, just six sleeps to go before the KFC Big Bash is hitting us oh, with a bang. Yes, I'm pumped. Yeah. Got him! Ellis strikes! Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't want to be anywhere near him at the moment. He wouldn't stop talking about the semi-final. But, um, yeah, no, really excited. He, he He's on top of the world at the moment, and rightfully so. He's, he's uh, you know, a great player, and he's done a lot for, for both Tassie and, and, and Australia. And, um, you know, he's he's hitting the ball better than anyone better than anyone at the moment. So hopefully he brings that form that he had for Australia back to the Hurricanes, and no doubt he will. I think he's noticing a little injury at the moment that um, he sustained in, in training before the final, and he was tough and got on with it and, and played the final so um but yeah i'm hoping he'll bring some of that form back um to the hurricanes nathan ellis hoping matthew wade will bring some of that world cup form back to the hurricanes robbie and the hurricanes it's, they're quite a popular team with a lot of our listeners aren't they in both the wbbl mm. and the bbl and we've had a few different guests from the hurricanes over the years matthew wade will be key for them. Also, Nathan Ellis, who was talking there, uh, an- another key man, as as will be the century maker from the Marsh Cup, Ben McDermott. Uh, that, they've got quite a quite an impressive list here, I feel, and some good additions too. Yeah, you, Joel Paris coming in. Yep. The other one, Matty, to keep an eye on, uh, it's the young Yorkshireman, Harry Brooks. Um, mm-hmm. He's here for his first BBL season. He's only 22, but um, he's, he averaged 55 at a strike rate of 163 in their T20 competition, batting in the middle order. That was last year. And then this year, he had 486 runs and 149 strike rates. So he's fourth on the top scorer. So um, he only... He only Missed out on going past 20 in three of his 18 innings. And that's in the middle order. So um, That's the yeah, hardest place to bat, Robbie. He'll, he'll be available for him. I think he'll miss first couple because he's in actually in the England Lions um, team for that tour match against Australia A in Brizzy from December 9 to 12. So really keep an eye on him too, Matt. So once again, the uh, Hobart Hurricane should, you know, have a, you know, there should be hope there, Matt. You've got to yeah. have hope. And, but, um, yeah. You know, they just got to take it to that next level, haven't they? They've got to go that extra yard if they can. Yeah, they certainly do. And they need they need big games from their big players as well. Riley Meredith in there, yep. bowling really fast, blowing blowing open the power play. And then finishers like Tim David, uh, who we've mentioned before, he, he is a very handy person to be coming in to close out the innings as well. So plenty of positive signs for the Hobart Hurricanes. Now, we might hear from Moses and Reeks. Uh, this is him talking earlier today at the press conference around the Sixers' chances of going three in a row. Oh, it's very possible. We're not going to win it in the first game of the season against the Stars, but it is extremely possible. Um, but, you know, we've earned nothing so far to make it three. Like, we've got to... You know, I, I believe we have the team to do it, but the you know the piece of paper with all the names on the list don't win you anything. So we're going to have to go out and you know be the best we can be in every moment that we play in and every moment that we're involved in. Um, you know, as I said, the the paper and how good you look on on the list just it doesn't win you anything. And we've been probably I guess underrated in years gone by by critics saying you know we're going to come in a certain place but by being the best versions of ourselves when we go out in the moment we've been able to win and win well so you know now that the shoe's on the other foot we've got to make sure that we're you know we're, we're still doing the exactly the same thing and we're not getting complacent. Not getting complacent Robbie McKinlay sounds like Moses is in a very good headspace to lead the Sixers mm. and not really wanting to pass on any of that pressure of, uh, of of being in line for three in a row with the Sixers. And 
feeling like in the past. I'm sure we wouldn't have been some of the good judges that didn't rate the Sixers' chances in the past, Robbie. No, well, they're always a, always a hard side to beat. They're just so consistent. You know, I think they've, they've probably been the best performed side in the first 10, w, in the 10 BBLs. And look, there's no reason why they can't do it again. They they look pretty good. Like, I like for their English imports. got James Vince back. They've obviously got Tommy Curran and Chris Jordan. Um, yeah. They won't have... they won't, And they play the opener on Sunday against the Melbourne Stars. Of course, they won't have Sean Abbott, who's in the Australia race squad, and I'll, Jackson Bird's out injured at the moment too. And Ben Manetti, who's been a handy off spinner for him over the last few years. So, but the super the locks, you know, Josh Phillippe, mm. uh, Daniel Hughes, Moses himself, Stephen O'Keefe, Hayden Kerr's a not exciting prospect. Yeah, I'll yeah. Look at him. So I'm expecting the Sixers to do well again, Matt. Oh, you would you would have to think so, definitely. Uh, and it's that thing of uh, whether they perform in real life as you would expect from the list that we've, we've seen there from them on paper. And yeah, I, I think it's hard to go past the Sixers in terms of a team to be challenging uh, when we get to the business end of the season. They, they certainly yep. have positioned themselves really well. And Greg Shippard, the coach, just the mastermind behind it all, really good at keeping things level behind the scenes. So I'm expecting I'm expecting the Sixers to be a tough team to beat in this year's KFC Big Bash competition. Yeah, 100%, Matty. And, you know, I think, well, the, two, the Sixers and Thunder finished, uh, um, you know, the last two places in the WBBL, I'm sure. It would be between everyone in cricket New South Wales to uh, make sure that doesn't happen with the in the men's version. So, yeah, I'm expecting, I, I think the Sixers are, Thunder in for two really good years. Yeah, I've got the Thunder in to win, but we'll talk about them uh, a little bit <laughs> later. Let, let's hear from uh, Ben Duckett from the Brisbane Heat. Um, I, I don't know a great amount of them. I know Lenny a bit. You know, it would be lovely to bat and w- stand at the other end whilst he's whacking the ball miles. Um, I certainly won't try and replicate what he does. Um, I obviously know Tom Abel, who's signed who, him over the last few years in England. I don't know how much people know about him out here, but he's been superb for Somerset. Um, but yeah, it's just really nice to be to be kind of playing in a side where I don't know so many players and kind of making new mates. Playing in a new side and making new mates, Robbie McKinlay, uh, Ben Duckett there, Brisbane Heats. They they have always been a team with a lot of potential and a team yep. that you, you look at and you think, oh gee, if if everyone gets going here, it's going to be a long night for their opposition. Uh, one player I really like in the Brisbane Heat, a bowler who executes superbly well, X C Bartlett. He is going to be my mm. he's going to be my X C factor for the Big Bash this year. I really think he will be a key player with the ball for the Brisbane Heat. Um, no surprise. Uh, there's probably no point in me even saying it, but Mitchell Swepson's another player that I'm looking forward to seeing. Uh, this season, rolling out his leg spinners, and the captain Jimmy Pearson again. Uh, if he if he's not selected for Australia, he'd certainly still be in that conversation. But it, yeah. it, it does feel like the conversation seems to be going At Carey slash JP Inglis for that Australian wicket keeping job. So that'd be good news for the Heat, but probably not good news for Jimmy Pearson who has just been doing the job year in, year out for Queensland cricket and also for the Brisbane Heat. So I think there's a lot to like about this list on paper. Uh, the, the question will be the execution when game time comes around and the consistency. Yeah, in that, in that grab, it was interesting uh, the name Tom Abel was mentioned. Mm. Um, he got added to the Heat squad in October to replace Tom Banton. Remember Tommy Banton yeah, was there? He- Smoked um, and him, he, Tommy Banton. He decided not to. T- yeah, well, he decided not take up the contract this year. So, um, Tom Abel, he kept only at twenty seven. Captain Somerset. He was in the final of their domestic T Twenty competition this year, and he made a seventy eight not out from forty five balls in the quarter final and a fifty in the semi. So, he just could be another one of these English players that comes out here and just um, takes it by storm. So, yeah. It, it, to me, their batting looks very, very strong. I think Heat can their you know can their bowlers hold hold up 
um, you know, when it gets into that semi-final stage if they get there. So, so yeah, I'm looking forward to Tommy Noble play. Yeah, likewise, Robbie. Some some really exciting prospects there for the Brisbane Heat. Let's let's move on to the Melbourne teams, Robbie. We don't have any audio for the Melbourne teams. Let's have a, a look at the Melbourne Stars to start with. Uh, a, any any players standing out here? Uh, GJ Maxwell, um, the captain, obviously, and MP yeah. M- 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 yeah, Stoinis yeah. A Zampa. They're they're a couple of players that have recently had an impact on the world stage. Uh, some a uh, new addition to the list, J.A. Burns, coming across from the Brisbane Heat. What what do you think he'll add mm. to the stars? Not sure. It, it is an interesting one, isn't it? So mm. they must have a little plan for him there somewhere along the line. Um, the one that's the start. There's another one. Another one of the English guys coming over, Joe Clark. Yep. Now you might remember him, Matty. Three games for the Scorchers last year. Yeah, in yeah. BBL. Yep. Um, hasn't. Hasn't hit the highest level over in the homeland in the old dark, but there's one inning that really comes to mind for Nottinghamshire. Um, he made 136 of 95 deliveries in a T20 match against Northampton. Sorry, can, can you now, just repeat those yeah, numbers again? Exactly, he's made 136 of 95 deliveries in a T20 match. How in the hell do you get to face 95 deliveries? That is a massive percentage. Oh. I'm, now, I'm not sure if that's a typo or not, but t- t- I, that is, I think we might get our orange library onto that one. Yeah. 136 of... Just to hold the strike that oh, well. Old, old farmer, farmer Joe Clark. Oh. <laughs> I reckon there was a lot of, bo- lot of Bobby Simpson <laughs> single off the last ball the over. Oh, yeah. that's impressive stuff. Mind you, if I was the other opening, so a, if I was the other opening batter, I'd be quite yeah. happy to be not out at the other end watching that all happen. Um, yep. Yeah. Well, if, if you want to check it out, just just go to the the Nottingham Nottinghamshire played Northamptonshire, mm. um, and it was in June this year. So just go and check into the um the T Twenty comp in the English comp, and uh, just see, that is one of the first things I'll be doing when we finish, Matt. I want to make sure. <laughs> I wish I had a research that a little bit earlier. But, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, fascinating. But the stars, they'll be up. Well, they'll be they'll be in the mix again. Can they do it? This is a big thing, Matty Ellis. I, yeah. I don't know. Maybe winning the World Cup is going to be good having those players in the side. You know, Maxie and Co. Stoin. Mm. Um, I hope. I reckon Stoin will open the bat. I reckon yeah. there could be a message there for Australia going further down the track. Um, obviously with. You know, you don't know how much. Although Finch, he's been told that he'll be captain next for the defence of the T20 okay. World Cup. But I still like the idea of Marcus Stoinis up the order. Um, we'll see. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely see there. And uh, their crosstown rivals, who do have a big bash trophy in their cupboard, uh, unlike the Stars. Uh, Nick Maddinson taking over the reins, the lower KC with the brackets around it beside his name. Uh, he, he'll be a key figure. His his. Big Bash form hasn't been as good as his first-class form in recent recent times. I don't actually have the numbers in front of me, and no doubt, again, yep. our Orange Library will be able to produce those at the the, the click of a fingers. But um, yeah, I, I feel like in my head, I sort of saw Nick Maddinson as a really explosive short-format player, and I think we saw that early in his career. Uh, but I think in the last couple of seasons, uh, we we haven't seen that come to fruition quite as much, but him him having the leadership responsibility, a great opportunity for him uh, in and around some experienced players, Sean Marsh in that squad, Aaron Finch in that squad, uh, some young talent coming through. Sam Harper really excites me. He's one of my favourite players. In fact, our next-door neighbours here, um, one, one of them I coach in under-12s cricket, he just raves about how good Sam Harper is all the time. So I hear a lot about Sam yep. Harper from... From the kids, they love watching him play, um, and Will Sutherland. Uh, everything I've seen of Will Sutherland points to uh, high quality prospect indeed. So I think there, I think there's a lot on paper to like about uh, the the Melbourne Renegades here as well, Robbie. Yeah, and I think they've made one of the great um, recruiting moves in the history of the BBL because. They picked up Unmuck Chan, the um, oh, they Indian, have too, yes, uh, pr- 
you know, IPL player. He's he's been around a while. He he was a former Indian under nineteen captain, and he, he like he's been playing in the domestic scene for for a year. Twenty um, eight year old. He's available whole BBL season, and I think that'll really get you know it's a massive um, uh, Indian population in Melbourne as we're right across the country, and mm. the way they support their team, they'll get on board. So I, I think this is really exciting. So unmarked charmed. I'm really looking forward to um, seeing how he goes, the all-rounder. Yeah, I'm going to write that name down in my cricket library daily planner uh, yep. just just to have have that name on notice uh, for unmarked charmed. the summer ahead. It. Well, let, let's uh, let's hear a quick grab from uh, Colin Munro and then we'll have a chat about mm-hmm. the Scorchers. Yeah, well, we're not sure exactly whether we're going to have Ingo and, and Marsh with us and obviously they've massive players for us so yeah we just got to wait and see if, if they're available then we're pretty strong if they're not then it, it offers availability for others other people to step up bangers uh curtis patterson might get a few more games um so that would be really exciting for him so yeah whoever steps up we, we've got full faith in them but um can never replace a mitch marsh or an ingo that's for sure you can never replace a mitch marsh or an ingo robbie how are they going to go if <laughs> if they are decimated? Well, not decimated, but if, if they have a couple of those key players. A- another player who m- might be out of the mix as well is Jai Richardson. Does yeah, does yeah. that make the Scorchers squad just a little bit thinner than they'd like to be going into a Big Bash campaign? Um, yeah, possibly. Um, does it... Because look, I've, I've had a bit of a theme around all these English imports coming in, but I've, they always fascinate me. These they have they have got a, a veteran of the um of 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 T twenty circuit, Laurie Evans. Mm. He sounds like a newsreader out of Perth, doesn't he? But he's not. <laughs> he's a he's a thirty two year old. Um, he has played something like a hundred eighty four T twenty matches in his career, so. He, and at a strike rate of 133, so he's 34, Matt. Um, he, he plays for Surrey, and he, he, he made only 300 runs for Surrey this year. I'm, with Just with the amount of debt with the international students that, he could play a real part here. And um, batting that middle order, I guess they're targeting to do some work with Ashton Turner. And I, I'll continue to say it, Matty, I, I still think we haven't seen the best of Ashton Turner yet. Yeah. I think he's just about to turn that tap just a little bit more, get the flow going. And um, he, he could be he could be something special this year, Ashton Turner. He, I reckon he could be. It's a big call, Matt. He could just be one of the players of the tournament. Oh, yes. He's a genuine match winner, Ashton Turner. And yep. if he gets going, look out because he can he can get quick runs at the back end of an innings yep. or, or he can come in early and, and, and build. Another big signing for them from the Melbourne Renegades, Peter Hatzaglou. I think that's a, oh, of course. That's a nice yeah. little pick-up uh, for the Scorchers there. Compliment Ashton Agar's left-hand spinners. Um, yeah, yeah. Look, looking forward to seeing him in the Scorchers orange. Now, Harry Conway from the Strikers uh, had this to say about – the strikers uh, and and what they're hoping to do in the power plays. Yeah, I, I think that's certainly what we're looking for this year, as any team is, is to be a bit more penetrating, um, particularly in the in the power play overs. So um, I know that we went out and got forward Ahmed, and um, you know we're really excited about what he can do in tandem with Rashid Khan. Um, you know we've seen over the last couple of years that Peter and, and Wes have been outstanding. Um, they've taken a lot of wickets for us. So if we can share that load a little bit more with a fifth bowler, um, obviously myself, forward. Uh, Dan Worrell is a very good bowler, so um, yeah, we, we think we do. We, we stack up certainly well with the ball. It's obviously um, you know the opportunities for young guys with the bat. If Alex and Travis aren't available for long, long portions of the tournament, uh, Big Harry Conway. So much love for Big Harry Conway out of the library and that Adelaide Strikers team. Uh, they are going to potentially have some players out as well with TM Head and. Mm. A.T. Carey in the conversation for the Test Series. Uh, who, who are the who are the strikers that you're most looking forward to seeing, Robbie? Is is Matthew Renshaw someone we talked about earlier on the show? Is M.T. Renshaw a player you think can take his T20 cricket to another level this season? 
Oh, Matt, no doubt about it. You only get to see the way he had it um, yesterday. We're doing this on a Monday evening at the Adelaide Oval. Now, that's, that's, I think he's going to become very fond of that venue right throughout the summer. So definitely MT Renshaw. As you know, I've always been a big fan of Matt right throughout his career, and um, I'd, I'd love to see him back in that test side. Now, the other one, of course, great to see him back, Rashid Khan. Yes. I would... It, would he be one of the most popular players in the whole competition? Whether he's throwing his leg breaks, or he's going out and throwing the willow around with gay abandon. His batting oh, is his batting is excitement so plus. Yeah. yeah, it is. He it, can hit the ball to any part of the ground. So I'm just so glad that when I saw he was signed, I thought that was fantastic. And um, the other one, Matty, I was always look at with the Adelaide Strikers, the one I wanted to. Uh, bring your attention to, and it continues with the English theme. Yeah. But this George George Garton, he yeah. is a bit of a speedster, Bolsworth's arm. He played in the Southern Braves uh, winning inaugural oh, 100 title right. yeah, yeah, yeah. back in August. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah picked up 10 wickets, um, but he's got genuine speed. Uh, and he played, I think he went to the Royal Challengers Bangalore in the IPL too. Okay. So George Garton. I reckon he might be just one to watch. He'd become very popular um, in Adelaide for sure. I tell you what, Robbie, I'm going to need a new notebook. I'm just writing down all these, all oh, these, sorry. all these names here, mate. I'm going to have to turn over the page. Um, let's let's hear from Greeny um, from the Sydney Thunder. Obviously, no yep. secret, no secret who I'm predicting to lift the Big Bash Trophy this year. Let, let's. Let's just get an impartial view. Let's hear Chris Green's thoughts on the Thunder because I reckon, I reckon he'd sum it up quite nicely for us. Yeah, look, the thing that um, I'm looking forward to most is we've got a very similar squad. Um, we've retained two of our overseas players from last year and Alex Hales and Sam Billings. And then locally we've got a very similar squad of guys coming back. You know, our young guys are coming back more experienced in Ollie Davies, Matt Jilks, Tanvir Sanger. Um, they had an amazing big bash last year, have a year of state cricket under their belt and um, they'll be better for it. So I think we're in a really good place and um, knowing each other very, very well, it's, it's something that can, can push on and, and push for that ti- uh, title this year. So the Thunder win it, I think is what yeah, Chris is saying there. Yeah, yeah, so... I think so. <laughs> no, throw throw the notebook out the window. Uh, there's only, <laughs> <laughs> so the, oh, you you just heard you just heard the list of names there, Robbie. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's it's consistency. They've got, and, and a name that he didn't mention there, travelling reserve for the World Championship winning Australian T20 team, Daniel Sams. I thought you'd met. I think that's why Chris didn't mention it. He thought you'd probably give DR Sams enough mentions in your opportunity. So, but yeah, dead right. Sams, he never really got a crack at it over in the World Cup, but um, he would have learnt plenty just in that environment. So, um, he, I did. I think it was Justin Langer. I heard him comment about Daniel Sams, his striking of the ball, his the power hitting. Mm. He he was quoted as saying somewhere along the line that he is one of the largest hitters, best, cleanest hitters in Australian cricket. And we tend to agree with that. We've seen enough for that with Sandy, but oh, I, I might hitters. have I might have actually told Justin Langer that was my view. You might have <laughs> I'm not sure. And I tell you what, those who love their golf, apparently Daniel Sams hits a very clean oh, golf ball off the tee as well. So he would hit it a mile, mate. But you, you talking about clean hitters, the one that really excites me is Ollie Davies. Yes. And and, and Matty Jilks. Um, yep. But oh, Ollie Davies, yeah. So there's plenty to look forward to there. I think um, I just like the Chris Green. He's had a long, he's a long time, long term signature to stay with that club. They've got a very good name. They do, they do well. Um, yeah, there's, there's, I think there's just a bit of a bit of a new feel about that place. Yeah. This season. Um, expectation is high amongst the Cricket Library weekly staffers, <laughs> as always. Just um, hope it comes to fruition. I, I just need to make sure that I'm very self-controlled and refer to the Thunder as the Thunder, not us. Uh, yeah. So yep. I'll, I'll try and do that in the coming weeks. Well, Robbie, that, that's a pretty good wrap of the Big Bash. Time for our friend Matt Fiction. Let's, let's hand it over to Matt Fiction now for this week's edition oh. of Fact or Fiction. And I may not be back after this. We'll we'll just have to wait and see. 
Honest views only coming up. Hey everybody, Matt Fiction here with a world premiere exclusive airing of a brand new quiz show, Fact or Fiction. One minute of absolute madness as I ask rapid fire true and false questions and our contestant has to decipher and determine if the statement I make is a fact or is it fiction. Let's see how we go. It's time to play the game. Hey everybody, Matt Fiction here and you are tuned in to the world's favourite quiz show, Fact or Fiction. My name's Matt Fiction and joining me, one of the hosts of the Cricket Library Weekly, Matt Ellis. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure, Matt. Great to be here. I'm on tenderhooks and I'm a little bit nervous. Oh, don't be nervous. This is going to be a breeze for you. You're a cricket nerd. You should be able to do this, no worries at all, I'm sure. You just relax, mate. Okay. Here we go. It's time to play the game. Your first question is coming up. Oh, here it is right now. MJ Ellis has hit the same amount of sixes in club cricket as M.A. Taylor did in test cricket. Fact. Correct! Raul Travid has gone the most consecutive test innings without a duck. Fact. Correct! Karen Rolton and CJ Ferguson share a birthday. Fact. Correct! We are on fire here. This is unbelievable. Three for three, man. That's well done. Now, let's have a look at this next question. On December 19, 2017, in the KFC Big Bash fixture between the Sydney Thunder and the Sydney Sixers at Sydney Showground Stadium, Daniel Sams made his debut, taking the remarkable figures of four for 14. Fact. Correct! My goodness, you are going really well here, Matt. Hang in there. You're nearly going to get the record. If you just hang on, one more question. Here we go. On. Oh, no. You ran out of time. Well, I don't know about me running out of time. What do you mean? Well, I, I don't know. I know Luke from Wagga Wagga. Last week had some pretty long questions, but the one regarding Daniel Robert Sams and his Big Bash debut. Oh, what a night that was. Ricky Ponting's birthday. It was amazing. Daniel Sams playing for the Sixers. Four wickets on debut. What a player. What a man. Yeah, I I agree with all those sentiments, Matt, but... I just feel, and and I'm just expressing my feelings here, I just feel that this might not be a fair indication of my cricket knowledge because I only got the chance to answer four questions in one minute. Like I feel, I feel like that's a little bit too long between questions. I'm not, I'm not attacking you. I'm not having a go. I'm not, I'm not wanting to make you feel bad here, but. I'd like another chance to come back on another time. No way. You're not welcome back on here if you're going to be critical like that with me. My goodness. I think we better take this conversation off air. Thanks so much for tuning in to Fact or Fiction. What a time we've had here this evening. And the expert, Matt Ellis, only getting four correct in a whole minute. He has some explaining to do to you, Robbie McKinley. Bye for now. Oh, Robbie. Oh, dear. What the hell happened there? <laughs> I don't know what happened Matt, there. Matt, that, that just... question, that question would have gone taken up 20 seconds. Unbelievable. You've Mate, been stitched up. Well, he has... Do you reckon, oh, do you reckon well, he did that on purpose or he just gets excited? No, there's been there's been a little bit of a um, trend here. He started off. I was the first one you remember. He started off a bang. He fired that many questions at me. I was just I, I was like a barrage. 
I think he threw eight or nine questions at me in a minute. You've had four. Yeah. That's uh, like, Luke Olsen the week before. I think he, he only made, had five. You know, he, five or six? He, he, yeah, he, you know, he wasn't great, but <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what, he, some of those elongated lengths of questions. <laughs> no, that was, but the thing that concerns me is that he's got a bit of, there's friction with fiction in the diction. Well, uh, Robbie, is it correct that you're, <laughs> have you recently been asked to write the foreword for a book of haiku poems? I have. Now, who are the who are the yeah. two contributors to that book? Uh, well, there's they both 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 Christian names are Matt. <laughs> one's Ellis and one's Fiction. Yeah. So, yeah, okay, because yeah, I just don't want there to be any tension going forward. So I might need to. I'll I'll, I'll take this oh. up with Matt Fiction off air. I'm sure we can smooth things out, but. In the meantime, we might just put fact or fiction on a little hiatus. Um, Gotta work something out there, mate, because I'm not sure if anyone else would want to go on after that. (laughs) I wouldn't. Oh, well, well, guess what, Robbie? Yeah, I'm I'm a bit flat. That's um, yeah, I did a bit that. It's not really the ideal way to finish the show, but uh, we are we are out of time. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take some time just to compose myself. Did I overreact? Was I no, was I abrupt? Matt, not for the, I think I might just make a call to the library tomorrow, <laughs> and it won't be it, you won't be picking up the phone. Okay, no, well that's good. Just well, let me, know when you, let me know when you're on your lunch break, and I'll make sure that um, fiction's available, and I'll get him. Yeah, okay. Tuesday's generally a good day for scoring, um, so yeah, I'll nail him off in this one. No, very. I'll, I'll replay it. I'd like to hear it back and listen back with him, and just oh. say, "Come on, let's take some let's take some times of generic <laughs> questions that I got." The Jack Clifton got. Yeah. Oh, old Elliot, Elliot from New Zealand got a reasonable good crack at it. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm I'm going to give all him right. the benefit of the doubt at this stage, but happy for a steward's inquiry. Uh, thanks for all your input tonight, Robbie. Those big bash big bash teams and Marsh Cup and WBBL. Uh, really looking forward to the Big Bash starting this weekend and, of course, the Ashes next week, Robbie. Mouth-watering stuff coming Ooh. up. 8th of December. Mate, I must tell you, I wasn't going to tell you this before the show, but um, Matt from the Orange Library got in touch. And he said, hey, look, no stats tonight. He said, but here's a couple of little gems for you if you want to just go with it and make you just, yeah, you'll feel good about yourself. I'll tell you what I do. I feel like I, I, feel like I know a bit about the caping now. i was loaded up yeah no that's good that's good well uh thank you to all of our loyal listeners thank you to you robbie mckinlay for joining us and uh who knows how many days between now and the next weekly edition of the cricket library and we'll look forward to that in the meantime enjoy watching the cricket from matt ellis and robbie mckinlay it is bye for now